Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another exciting week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the spirit of Christmas alive 365 days a year. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. And I'm Anthony. How's your birthday, Tom? Uh, it was great. I got the things and spent the time with the people. So <laughs> I feel like that was like a merge field for your birthday. Yeah, like... <laughs> we don't know what the crap is going in here but it's just gonna do it for it yeah dear user (laughs) we hope you have liked product (laughs) and it's helped you do this thing yes oh do you have big plans for your birthday this week anthony I, i do not Really? No plans. Sarah's taking me away to for a long weekend DC in October because I've never been. So is it possible she has plans for your birthday you're not aware of yet? Well, I assume the trip is my plan. It's her plans, but I don't oh, know. But like I don't know. I get the sense from y'all that you do. The, the you always things? seem to do really fun stuff for events, like important, <laughs> like, and you post Speaking- pictures and great and speaking of merge fields you do things for events (laughs) (laughs) no we had a we'll see though we brought ellie's birth mom to tulsa for the uh for the weekend she flew out on my birthday so how was it tom good good she's a cool kid we went, cool. to the, we went to the aquarium and took her out to dinner for her graduation. And yeah, it was good. So it all went according to plan. Yes. Yes, it did. This you know weird. what did not go according to plan? Watching these what? movies. I have had to spend over 10 grand on air conditioning this year. Oh, uh, another unit go out? Yep, our second unit went out. We were hoping to make it until the spring, but that did not happen. The day Ellie and I flew out to Houston, our air went out, and Christine's like, forget it. We're just getting the new unit. Um, yeah. So, yep. How was it? It was good. It was good. We had a lot of fun with my mom and uh, my grandma and my sister. Ellie got her first girl's day to go out oh. and get pampered as a girl. I don't really know what that means because I've never had a girl's day for reasons that seem somewhat obvious. <laughs> there are no obvious reasons to me right here. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw on watch Rudolph with your mother. We did. We did. Ellie insisted on watching Rudolph. Oh, and then oh. 
the ladies at my church started a bunco group and Christine went to the first one and one of our uh, friends' husbands is out of town, out of the country for two weeks. So I said, well, bring your kids over and they can play with Ellie and have fun. And uh, Ellie got them all to watch the new Grinch. They hadn't seen it. So Aww. That's the best thing. I'm raising her right, y'all. Good job. Yeah. Good job, Dad. It's awesome. You're securing the... Uh line of succession here at Tis the Podcast when Gabe, Ellie, and we have to be born Caruso kid <laughs> over. Oh my gosh. If our kids were a little older, well, I guess Julius could do an episode of Tis the Podcast. Mm-hmm. You have three kids that could do it. You should totally. For April Fool's next year, we should April just Fools, your you kids do our episode. <laughs> oh, it'd be two boys and a girl. Yes. Totally do oh, it. That's funny. That's a great idea. It might take me how many months are we till April to convince Hannah to do <laughs> to do an episode of the podcast? Promise to get her insert name of gift thing she wants here for Christmas if she does. Speaking of receiving things, I received my Harry Potter advent calendar in the mail and my Marvel <laughs> advent calendar. Oh, so it's going to be an exercise of willpower in this household for me not to uh, rip them open. Rip it open. Christmas. Yeah, straight up what I would do. Yeah, I would, I would not mine open. By day. I'm not even going to take the plastic off them until December because I know I'll be tempted. You know you can get them for uh, $25 off right now. Where? So what's, what's the total at, right now? At Amazon. It'll be $34.99 with the Amazon coupon. I paid twenty nine ninety nine. Okay, that's still pretty good. It is considering last year it was like forty nine ninety nine. It's retailing at sixty so, right now. The Harry Potter one or the Marvel one too. I got both for twenty nine ninety nine. Oh my gosh! I couldn't decide between the two, so I had to get both. I know it's excessive. That Harry Potter one. Hey, we like what we like, right? We like Thanks. what we like. While I was in Houston, I also watched Harry Potter with my mom. Which one? Yeah. And my, my nephew. We watched Deathly Hallows Volume 2, and my mom had only seen bits and pieces of other ones, and she stormed out. Why? She stormed. If, you are, if you have not seen or read Harry Potter, now would be a good time to fast forward. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, my uh, nephew, have, in, if you have not seen or read Harry Potter and are still planning to, have you been living under a rock the past how many years? Uh, we have a friend who has not seen it yet and is now waiting until her daughter is a little older so she can watch it and read it with her daughter. Oh, wow. That's willpower oh, right there. That's willpower. Thank you for making me feel like... Tom. No, I'm not oh, trying they... to. It's just, I'm not trying to. I just thought that was really sweet. Like, Christine hasn't read the books yet. So we're getting, I told you we're getting all the illustrated ones and we're going to read them as a family. Um, ooh, I forgot I pre-ordered the newest one. Oh, ooh, happy day. Goblet of Fire, can't wait. Yeah. I mean, it comes out pretty soon, right? I think it comes out before Christmas. Right? Over November. Uh, but my nephew told her that Harry Potter died, and she got really upset and left. We oh. could not convince her to watch. It was like right before Harry died, and uh, <laughs> she left. You know, oh like a set... So I ended up in like a Harry Potter Wikipedia wormhole the other day, and I don't know how, but 
it was reminding me about the things from the books I forgot because of the movies. Man, I forgot how tragic Neville's backstory was with his parents and it made me so sad rereading that, how they were tortured and they don't even remember him. Like, ugh. Yeah. And his daddy old grandma still takes him and Yeah, and I remember that so in book five. Better. That scene got to me when I read the book when they met his mom in the hospital. I know that was uh, at Saint what was Saint Mungo's, Saint Mungo's Hospital for Magical Maladies and Injuries. Oh, awful, awful, awful! Allison Frank Longbottom, yeah, Allison Frank, terrible. Uh, which makes Neville's confrontation of the Dark Lord being the first one to speak up at the end. It's just mm-hmm. amazing. Watching it this time was just amazing. Uh, my nephew asked me and i had to think about it what are your top three favorite harry potter scenes scenes Mm -hmm. like in the books or the movies yes no (laughs) in both the books and the movies the battle at hogwarts is by far the most breathtaking and amazing so so the, the book, book did it better for me when he put set Neville on fire and then the giants and the centaur yep. and the house elves and everyone joined in. Like that gave me goosebumps reading that. It was amazing. I, yeah. Uh, um, so movie Resurrection Stone where he sees mom and dad and that's one of my absolute favorite scenes. I also love in the movie the retelling of the three brothers. Oh, the favorite. way they drew that? That was awesome. My father asked the resurrection scene because he's like, he says a million things to his mom and Sirius and like barely acknowledges his father. My dad gets so so annoyed with that. Last favorite one is the whole string of always, you know, with Dumbledore and then you flash back to Snape and then you see Lily and I was going to say Snape's memories for sure is another one for me. Yeah, Yeah, Um, independent. When Harry's looking in the pensive, that's it. When they, yeah, when they connect the Patronus that he thought okay. was his dad's, but you find out it was Sirius who saved him, and you just see him conjure that in Dumbledore's office. Oh, you mean Snape who saved him? What I say? Yeah, you said Sirius. Oh, dang! I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> and I really like the whole scene from uh, with the Patronus from uh, Snape when he drew the Patronus at the lake and then when he drew it in again in Dumbledore's office. I really like the Department of Mysteries fight in book five. I didn't think the movie did justice. It did not, but it was amazing. So the things I really loved because I hated them so much was watching Sirius die and watching Dobby die. Oh, watching Dobby die got to me. So I, when I was watching this though, I had two revelations that I shared on Reddit. Uh, One, they continually talk about Harry having Lily's eyes, Mm. but in the movie, their eyes don't match at all, which really bothered me a lot. And I had to look it up to make sure I wasn't crazy, and I wasn't. Their eyes don't match, so either he's got her eyes on a shelf somewhere, or I don't know. I don't know what the other explanation could be. He's not really their child. Um, And then two... And I don't know why this didn't bother me before, but it bothered me so much. When Harry is at King's Crossing Station in the afterlife and he's talking to Dumbledore, Dumbledore tells him he has a choice to go back. 
That means that not only did Dumbledore set up Harry to be slaughtered, knowing it was going to happen, just fattening him up like a like a sacrificial lamb. But after Dumbledore died, and he could have had the choice to go back, he chose not to, and he's like, "Yep, good good luck, guys. I'm out. Peace." But Harry went back. I'm going to push back on that. Because it wasn't really until book five that Dumbledore realized, or at least got it confirmed for himself, that Harry would have to die at some point. Okay, then two years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will say another scene I loved in the book that never made the movie, and it's because they cut his character out completely. I love when Fred and George leave the school for the last time in the book, and they ask Peeves to give Umbridge hell for them on their way out, and Peeves salutes them on their way out. (laughs) Yeah, that was awesome. Then he died. (laughs) And then Fred died, yeah. Okay, I have another question for you, a Harry Potter question for you guys now since uh, I'm doing everything we can to delay talking about this film. <laughs> hey, it's one of the Tis the Podcast Cardinal Rules. It is. You always make time for Harry Potter. <laughs> so what scene do you think the movie, what character or scene do you think the movie did better than the book? Ah, uh, The movies did better than the book. I have one top of mind while you guys are thinking. I think they made Slughorn a lot more likable and tragic in the movie. Like when he told that story about the fish Harry's mother gave him. And Mm. uh, it on the day she died, he came downstairs and the fish had disappeared. And uh, that's how he knew she was gone. And I thought they really did a better job of making Slughorn tragic in the movies than she did in the book. Yeah. I don't know. I need a refresher. I need to reread. So the character I can't get away from in my mind, no matter what, that I see every time I read the books, Wormtail, his face, Mm. is the most amazing casting I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) See, I almost think they made him like almost like too on the nose rat-like. Oh, they did. I loved it. Like, I never pictured him like that reading the books, but then, you know, it makes sense. He lived how many years as a rat? Like, so by the time mm-hmm. he turned back, he'd be a little more rat-like, but... Mm-hmm. What about you, Julia? I don't know. I can't answer that with confidence. Hmm. I do need to reread it again. Okay, and one more, one more question, because we've gone so long without talking about Harry Potter. If you could only choose one, what's one scene from the books that didn't make the movies that you would put in? Well, I don't know. Being a Christmas podcast, I'd really love it if the Christmas questions around the table would have actually been a lot more featured in the year when they don't leave. Well, Harry never leaves, but when Dumbledore has, I don't remember which book it is, Dumbledore opens the cracker and he puts that, that's it. Puts the hat on and I would love to have seen that. I really liked all the Professor Umbridge, Professor McGonagall scenes in book five, how she just got under her skin. And I wish they gave Mm -hmm. Maggie Smith more of that in the film. Like I loved her career advice session with Harry where Umbridge is sitting in the corner just making snide remarks and she eventually just snaps at her. 
Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's really tough for me. Well, maybe you can answer this I question. Think maybe, I think maybe didn't Harry's reaction after Sirius's death, wasn't it a lot more intense in the books? It was a lot Like more. he went kind of like over the edge, like and, and Oh, where Dumbledore says, feel free to break more of my possessions. God knows I have enough of them. Yes. That and I liked another um, quote that was missing and that I just, when I was looking up that quote, I found the fact that you can feel pain like this is your greatest strength. Yep, I like that. I think, and I, I think it was, it probably has something to do with the, re the necessary recasting of Dumbledore. I feel like Dumbledore was much less Dumbledore's character wasn't the same Dumbledore's in the books, right? No. I like Dumbledore a lot more in the books. Me too. I really do. And I saw that Richard Harris captured it. Mm -hmm. Richard Harris is always and will always be Dumbledore in my mind. No matter how many times I see the other movies, it is always Richard Harris. Who's your favorite uh, director from Harry Potter? Mike Newell. David Yates. Yeah, who did Azkaban? Yates? Curon, Alfonso Curon. Oh, really? So we all That's have three different ones. One. That's funny. That's really funny. Who's your least so, favorite? Mine would be Alfonso Curon. <laughs> Sorry. What's your least favorite movie? That's my least favorite movie, yeah. It really? Who directed the first one? No, who directed Goblet of Fire? Mike Newell. So you y'all are y'all are flipping it. That is hilarious. That is amazing. So Tom, one more question. What movie are we covering tonight? Uh, we're not covering a movie. We're covering a trilogy of TV specials featuring Robbie the Reindeer. Let's get started with the first one. Robbie the Reindeer. And the hooves of fire. Do, 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 do. Probably the reindeer epitomizes everything that's wrong with second generation fame and wealth. He's slavish, lazy, and unengaged. But for some reason, his dad, Rudolph, thinks the best thing he could possibly do is send his overweight and lazy son to the North Pole. Robbie shows up. Decides he doesn't want to work as hard as the other reindeer. Feels he's entitled and everything that should be handed to him. And we learn that the reindeers are still a bunch of jerks, especially Blitzen. I think it's unfair to throw Rudolph under the bus like that. It was never confirmed. It was only implied he was Robbie's dad. What? It was strongly implied. They kept pulling things out. Pictures of inferred but his name was never once mentioned who is robbie the reindeer's dad <laughs> it's it's clearly rudolph okay i'm just saying like we should put asterisks like so we don't get sued by rudolph if it turns out he's not the father well according to all robbie the reindeer fandom his father is rudolph and that's why he has his bulbously large red nose that doesn't glow let's go through the cast 
the narrator is a guy named Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams uh, does some other voice acting and has been in other movies like A Knight's Tale, Lock, Stock, and Two Loaded Barrels, The Three Musketeers, the 2011 version, Rowan Atkinson's Johnny English. And um, I'm not very familiar with him, so I can't tell you what his best role was for me. I don't know if y'all have any. But he's also, he's also in a TV special, A Kylie Christmas, live from Robert, live from Royal Albert Hall, featuring Kylie Minogue. Did I say that right? I think. Okay. Um, Ardal O'Hanlon plays the voice of Robbie the Reindeer in this. He's fathered Father Dougal McGuire on Father Ted. He was in the show My Hero. He was Bannigan in 2007 on Doctor Who. Hmm. So I at least know who this one is. You didn't even address the director. You need to talk about the director. Oh, this movie is written and directed by Richard Starzak. He was also the writer and director for the Shaun the Sheep movies. I love Shaun the Sheep. Love, 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 love Shaun the Sheep. I sure do I like mean, Shaun the Sheep a lot more than this. Definite Shaun the Sheep and Wallace and Gromit vibes from this. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is what Wallace and Gromit would look like if Wallace and Gromit was uninspired with poor claymation or poor clay design. This wasn't poor clay design. Oh, I do not there. need to see my reindeers with boobs. I don't either, and I don't need to see my reindeer's mouth switching sides randomly just because their head moves. Like the whole like mouth moving thing really bothered me a lot. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I'm surprised. So, we have some. You found it funny because all I could hear in your voice was how many, like, and I know it's not traditional animation, but you're talking about the ugly non-Disney animation. That's different from claymation. Like y'all oh, said, I got extremely, extremely big Sean the Sheep vibes, which I love, and Wallace and Gromit, which I love. I adore like, Wallace I love and Gromit. Them. Me too. I so, almost cried when their studio caught fire. Oh. I, I adore Wallace and Gromit, and I adore Sean the Sheep. <laughs> All right, Blitzen <laughs> is played by Steve Coogan. I love Steve Coogan. Yeah, he was mm -hmm. in Philomena, Alan Partridge, 24-Hour Party People, Despicable Me 3. Anything else you want to uh, add? The Adventures yeah. of Drunky said <laughs> post-production. Night at the Museum, Happy-ish. He, he was in that movie where he plays a drama teacher with Elizabeth Shue and he does a Rock Me, Rock Me, Sexy Jesus song with the kids. At the... Oh, Lord. The, I have no clue what you're talking. <laughs> Hamlet 2. It was Hamlet 2. That's what it was called. Oh, my gosh. I just, I just saw that. He was also in Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian as Octavius and in Percy Jackson and the Olympians as Hades. Oh, he was Hades, wasn't he? He was Hades. He was, oh. and that casting annoyed me. But I was a fan of the books beforehand. He was also an R88 brother with, well, I don't know, two Paul of Rudd. my favorite pop culture boys, Paul Rudd and Ben Wyatt. <laughs> ben Wyatt. 
That's right. Parks and Rec, right? Ben Wyatt? That yeah. doesn't sound right. No. That's right. His name, but that that's his character's name. It's not his actual that's what name. I meant. Yeah, I was going for the character's name. Okay, yep. Hey, Donner is played by Jane Herricks, who was in The Corpse Bride, the 1990 movie The Witches. Did y'all like that movie? Ever. Scary movie. Terrifying. The the painting at the beginning was what used to scare me the most. I love it. Really? Seeing it that she fingers in the body parts off. That didn't get me. It was the painting. So she goes missing and then you notice she's in the painting. Oh, that gave me the heebie jeebies. That movie's terrifying. And being remade. She was the lead elf in Arthur Christmas. She's in Tinkerbell and the Lost Treasure, which I've seen far more times than I really want to. She played Fairy Mary. Wait, she was in uh, Arthur Christmas. She's the lead elf. I knew I ha- I knew I didn't like her. She was in Corpse Bride. She was in a Christmas Carol movie as the Ghost of Christmas Past. That narrows it down to about five hundred different movies. Right. <laughs> You're welcome. She was in Red Dwarf for a minute. And let's move on. And then we have Vixen the ridiculously over-sexualized reindeer that makes me beyond uncomfortable. And that is played by Carolyn Quinton, who was on the show Men Behaving Badly, Life Begins, Jonathan Creek, Blue Murder, and a whole bunch of stuff I am not familiar with that I'm sure our British contingent will be much more familiar with. Oh, she was on Mr. Bean for a minute, so... Okay, so we went to the cast. Hey, Reese Ivins is the head elf. I love him. He was in Notting Hill. He was also in Harry and Potter. Like, yeah, he was I mean, in Harry Potter. Stuff, but I love him. As, as Luna Lovegood's dad, right? Yes. Yep. Luna, yep, 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 yep. As soon as I saw his picture, I'm like, that's crazy Lovegood. Also, rewatching Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows 2, I love Luna's character even more. How bold she is when she tells Harry, you are going to listen to me now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Should this we movie opens up. Oh, should we? Yeah. Do any of us actually have a history with this? I do. Alright, let's hear your history. Julia, <laughs> your, actually, let's, Julia, do you want to give our history with this movie? Uh, Tom and I have no history with this movie. Other than Perfect. Tom, have you seen have you seen the commercials in the past, and or did you go into this completely cold? Like, what is this thing, Robbie Reindeer? I've seen it in the past. It didn't look appealing to me, so I didn't watch it. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I remember seeing commercials of this coming on, and I've mentioned before that the belly buttons and the deer breasts make me very uncomfortable. <laughs> Really the belly button. And it's a single belly button. He's the only one that has a belly button. (laughs) The rest are animatronic. The rest are animatronic. I don't understand the everybody else doesn't have a belly button, but he has a belly button. Okay. Anyway. So I I grew up on this. I well, I didn't grow up on it. It was it premiered in America in like two thousand one. So I was I saw it for the first time actually like in middle school and I remember enjoying it back then. And it was on, a f- <clears throat> like, yearly. And then it disappeared for a while. I remember as a kid, 
being a younger gentleman really liking it. So I was excited to cover this and excited that our fans were excited for us to cover this. And then Sorry, I watched, guys. And then I watched it tonight. And the first thing I thought was, this does not sound familiar at all. And then I realized that they had done an American dub. And that's the one they show, show on CBS every year. And it's where <laughs> Ben Stiller plays Robbie and Britney Spears plays Donner and James Woods is narrator and Brad Garrett's Prancer and Hugh Grant is Blitzen. Gross. And me and Jerry Stiller and a bunch of people are in it. Jim Belushi, Santa. <clears throat> oh, I love Jim Belushi. I mean, it's the exact same. It's like, I recognize the whole story. It's just an American dub. And I don't think that's why... I didn't like it this time around. That wasn't the American voices. It's just, this movie does nothing for me. I don't think it's a Christmas movie. I don't like the designs. I just don't find most of it funny. Uh, and, and and it's not like I don't get British humor. Like, I love Monty Python. I love Wallace and Gromit, Shaun the Sheep. I love a bunch of their, like, Gavin and Stacey and Father Ted and Faulty Towers. So I- but yeah, it, it just, it just, I don't know. It did nothing for me this time. But the only one I ever remember seeing as a kid was Hooves of Fire. Apparently they showed Hooves of Fire and The Lost Tribe, but I don't remember, I didn't remember The Lost Tribe at all. And I definitely have never seen Herd Encounters, Close Encounters of the Herd kind. Oh, I don't even want to talk about that. That one was just... Mm. I'm sure but we have to talk about it. <laughs> I have not seen you this upset about a kid's movie, asterisk, since Emmett Otter, when you were like the grinchiest McGrinch Grinch about this sweet little fuzzy otter. And I mean, I, I like, <laughs> I like Emmett Otter a lot more than I do this one. Oh, Really? <laughs> That's another thing I want to say, too. That's another thing I want to say. So we all know nostalgia is a powerful freaking force. Yes. Nostalgia. My nostalgia did nothing for me in this one. Fair enough for those who have the nostalgia for it. But I don't know. People, people better think long and hard before coming to me and criticizing Rudolph again. The prequel <laughs> before... Uh, if they drop Robbie the Reindeer as a great claymation special. That's all I've got to say on the matter. Well, Rudolph I, is I not I feel like that's directed to one person in particular. No, that's the directed to a lot of people. Okay. Um, I don't want to be grinchy about this, but like the way they, I'm really disturbed by the animation style. I don't like them at all. I don't find them cute and endearing with Rudolph. I would put like Rudolph claymation stuff in my house because it's cute and it feels Christmassy. These don't feel like reindeer. The aliens thought they were elk. And I, when I looked at him, I'm like, yeah, he looks more like an elk than a reindeer. Um, I also don't like sexualization of Christmas characters. Call me crazy. Just seems a bit odd that reindeer become sex objects. What and about really- the fact that they fly? What about the fact 
they couldn't fly. They had a flying car. He had to use the popcorn machine to fly. She had to get launched. Like, they couldn't fly. How does Santa get around? And I don't want to be grinchy about the whole thing. Santa, we do see how Santa gets around. Blitzen helps with that fact or whatever. Are we under the impression that this movie, this TV special, is attempting to be a faithful recreation of all Christmas knowledge? I mean, that's what I I don't like about it. Well, the point. Oh, it's funny they can't fly, and and these reindeer. I mean, when what do they do in the off season? They work out the whole time, and and they have this ovary sexual. I mean, the names are appropriate to their personalities, right? Blitz and Blitz is past people, and he's a total jerk face. Vixen is what you would expect Vixen to be. That's the point. I mean, that's the point. This isn't a kids specific, and I find this with a lot of British stuff, right? And you've talked about it as well, Anthony. How. Great Britain is a lot more free and loose with their, you know, what's appropriate, right? Um, than we are here in America where we put things in these fine little boxes. This one, I feel like parents, not y'all, obviously, but parents could sit down and enjoy some of the humor and the kids could enjoy some of the humor. They're not quite picking up on the parent stuff. They're picking up on the kids stuff. And I feel like that's the target. It's not meant to be a kids specific show, it is turning stuff on its on its ear to try and get a laugh. I mean, I enjoyed it. Aside from the last one, I like the first two. I would watch them before I will ever watch Rankin Bass. Um, I liked the British edge to it. Oh, you, that shouldn't be surprising. You know it's not. Um, and I think as far as nostalgia, again, never seen these. I got enough nostalgia writing off of Wallace and Gromit and Shaun the Sheep that I could ride that wave. It's a very different thing, but like the claymation was comfortable to me, except for the belly buttons and the boobs. But I mean, I I did not take this seriously. I don't well, think we're meant to. I wasn't trying to take it seriously, but don't call it a Christmas special then. That I do have a problem with that. There's nothing Christmas about these. Don't call it a I Christmas mean, special. It, and like, I'm fine with the jokes. Like, I found it funny that they just work out in the off season. Well, I mean, that's. Match Pretty much there. what the reindeers do in uh, Rankin Bass, Rudolph too. But, but like, but like, don't call it like. And I'm fine. Like, I'm even fine with Dopey Santa who barbecues and his barbecue falls through the ice, and then he has a party with just all animals. I'm fine with all that. I tr- I truly am. But don't call it a Christmas special or use the mythology. Like, I know what you're saying, Julia. I to- I totally get, and I. And again, I love Wallace and Grandma. I love Shaun the Sheep. I love British humor in general. And I feel like, I don't know, they just, if they could have, they should have either leaned more away from the Christmas stuff for me and not called it a Christmas special, or leaned more into the Christmas stuff, still kept that sense of humor and called it a Christmas special and would have done more for me. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it was just kind of in between and I didn't know, like... Like, I was fine with, like, The Edge, which I know, like, I would have been, I know Tom just said he had a problem with the over-sexualization and whatever. I, I don't want to see reindeer as sexy. I, maybe I'm weird. Maybe I'm the only person in the world who doesn't want to see no, no, no. I mean, reindeer. I'm saying that wouldn't have bothered me as sexier. much. 
the own the the big anthropomorphization of the the reindeers is the breasts. That's weird. I mean, reindeers have multiple nipples, so they would have multiple so, breasts. So CBS hasn't played this for years, and in 2016 they started playing it again. And when I Google this today, an article from 2016 came up about <coughs> American reactions to this special. And like just, I was dying laughing. Like they had live tweets and stuff in it. And just like some of the like shock people had like about the fact that these reindeers had breasts and like. This well, and then we, and then at, at certain points we have them. And it also, this bothers me about all cartoon animals. When sometimes they're naked and sometimes they have clothes, which leads us to believe yeah. that they're covering something. That bothers me. Like go all in yeah, that- one way or the other, y'all. Well, it was Robbie primarily that had a shirt, right? When the others didn't. Um, during the third one, like the wedding dress that went above. Right. Yeah. Right. I kind of write the third one off. The third one doesn't. Even weirder. Well, the third one was a different production company too, so. Okay. The third one was a really, really dumb storyline. Yeah, it was all dumb. I felt, I felt they got progressively dumber as they went along. Like, I like the first one better than the second, which I like better than the third. Wait, do you hear my description of the that. second one? <laughs> See, like, this is another thing I could have, like, I could have really liked this idea that one of Santa's other reindeer had a jealous thing about Rudolph and took out on his son. It's just, I don't know. This story didn't, didn't do it for me. Like, it's not even the edge. Like, just to go back to what you said earlier, Julia, like I'm fine with the edge and the fact that it can be enjoyed by adults and kids. It just didn't do it for me, this one. Uh, the one that was jealous should have been Comet. But Blitzen would have left, led the team before Rudolph. He comes last in the song. Yeah, but Comet was the one that was so hateful to Rudolph in the first one. Come on, kids. Let's not let Rudolph play any of our games. I When I watched that this time, I was like, man, Anthony's favorite reindeer is a real jerk at that. Just comparing that comet to the sweet, lovable comet that Tim Allen needs. Oh, I know. I don't know. These crossing these crossing. But myths. then comparing Donner for, in Santa Claus the movie, the sweet, lovable, cowardly Donner who does a loop-de-loop to sexualized Donner who marries Robbie in this one. (laughs) I did find the the Robbie not being able to talk to females really kind of cute. It was endearing. Yeah. I have to agree with Disco54 that I think my favorite joke in all three of these was the seal who was singing seal at at the party. Yep. (laughs) Well, and then the, um, was it the 300-pound tenors or whatever? Yes, the walruses. They were awesome. The announcers as well, the snowman and the yeti. When he turns the fire, the the heater on on the snowman. That yeti made me so uncomfortable. The (laughs) snowman kind of reminded me of Fozzie's bear snowman in the Muffet Family Christmas. I love that yeti. Hashtag your yeti. Hashtag your Yeti. Do your kids play? Do your kids play? I guess. Well, no, they're not all too old for it. Yeti, my spaghetti. Um, no, but my mom has it, and she's trying to get Jude to play it. 
Ellie loves it. Is it fun for a parent? Because that's really Ellie loves parent. it. No, no. You remember Thin Ice? Do you remember that game, Thin Ice? Yes, I do. I loved Thin Ice. So fun. That were that was such a fun game. Um. Do we need to break down the plot for people that have not seen this TV show? I was about to say we Rudolph. Have Rudolph's son shows up at the North Pole. Never is Rudolph's name mentioned every time it's going to happen. Blitzen covers somebody's mouth and refuses to let them speak because of his hatred for Rudolph. He complains that Rudolph has all the celebrity endorsements and his face is everywhere. He's being he's on all the magazine covers. And this uh, was initially a rights issue, by the way, but then they found out they could have the rights, but they decided to keep it as a joke and never mention the name. It was a pretty funny joke. I mean, it was, that part was it funny. Worked, it worked better for me. It That worked for me. Me too. Um, I liked how I, I figured it was probably something rights related because of how tongue in cheek they were about it, you know? Um, Robbie is lazy. Robbie doesn't want to do any of the work that all the other reindeer are doing. Uh, he f- is, we see him on a bike working out and exercising, and he finds the down, sl- downhill setting, so it just goes by itself. Um, Blitzen comes in and sees that he's being lazy and gets an idea, so he encourages Robbie's laziness and he encourages him to eat unhealthy foods. Knowing that Santa is going to pick which reindeer are going to fly based on uh, his idea, which is picking the healthiest or the most active reindeer. They're going to have a reindeer games competition and pick the winners get to fly. When Robbie finds this out, he decides to leave. Well, part of him him leaving too is because Blitzen tells him, you know. <clears throat> he's you know, taking the spot from somebody else. Play. Right, he's taking it from somebody else. So Robbie feels guilty and, and he doesn't want to be that person. So that's partly why he leaves. I don't think he's as terrible of a person as you do, Tom. <laughs> um, he seems more immature to me than blatantly maliciously lazy. Um, I don't know. He talks outright. He talks flat out about being lazy and not wanting to work and not wanting to do anything. He does, but so he's, he's I don't, self-aware he's of his laziness. Millennial. Typical millennial. I mean, that's I guess that's what they're maybe going for. I'm not sure, but this was I don't know. I don't, millennials, though, this was back in '99. I don't know. There you go. I just don't think he's as bad of a guy. He was endearing to me. I mean, I liked Robbie. I I thought he knew what he was. He knows what he's about, son. So it didn't bother me. But so he leaves. Um, what gets him back in the? Oh, he starts to work out with the great nose Swami, right? He starts to work out with this Mr. Miyagi, Obi-Wan, mix crazy reindeer guy. Who teaches yep. him to use the power of his nose, because that is the Rudolph legacy, right? Yep. And so we have one of those training scenes, like a Rocky scene, right? Where he's training and he's learning how to use this harness, the power of this nose and music in the background. And then it does come down to the reindeer games he participates in the reindeer games and he ends up sacrificing his win to do the right thing and he, save somebody's He life. saves old Jingle. Old Jingle. He saves old Jingle. There we go. I knew it was an old person. And so that he's seen as, you know, he's seen as a hero 
right? And and he's redeemed himself. And that's basically it. He earns his spot. Everybody sees Blitzen for the jerk he is. And him and Donner strike up a relationship because he realizes through all of his hard training and through doing the right thing that Vixen is not the reindeer he wants. That's the shallow superficial that Donner is the one he wants. And he develops the ability to tell people no. He grows up. He does he up. though? Yeah, he does. From the next two uh, movies, you feel like he grew up? <laughs> I was about to say. They I have to read you. that like, like most of these things, they take a few steps back at the beginning of subsequent movies and he has to relearn the lesson a little bit. But that's all sorts of TV specials. It's not unique to Robbie the Reindeer. It's not. <laughs> so I have a question for you guys. Growing up, which of Santa's reindeer did you think were female versus male? If any. I, I thought Blitzen was female. The only one I thought was female was Vixen. I think Blitzen because it, remi- it rhymed with Vixen. I definitely, I, thought, I definitely thought Donner was a male. Yeah, me too. Look at us all being sexist. <laughs> Do girl reindeer have antlers? Yep. Oh yeah, that's true. They don't, they right? Do. do they or don't they? They don't. So you're right. They would all be male, Julia. I think that's why I thought that. Because, like, does don't have racks. Nope, they do. They do. Reindeer do. Uh, according to this nope. special, does have racks. Ra- oh, I knew Ra- the minute I, I... I thought so. I thought so. Reindeer are the only species in which females also grow antlers. Okay, that's cool. I didn't that's, know that. Yeah. I think that's my why I thought they were all boys. Because I was thinking they were, like, deer. Doe. Confused. Because I don't... Deer. So I watched this earlier today. Right. Did Blitzen get arrested at the end of the special? Why is he in jail at the beginning of the second one? I didn't think he got arrested at the end of the first one. I don't remember. I just assumed he got arrested at the end. Well, when the second one picks up, Blitzen's in jail. Mm-hmm. Are we ready to go to that one yet? Well, I just figured... Since it's kind of all one story, just do the whole plot. Okay. Up to you. You're the host. Go for it. <coughs> Robbie, the reindeer, uh, ends up winning the reindeer games and getting his spot on the, the team. And that's where we end. And the second one picks up. Uh, Robbie's dating Donner. Them and the other reindeer are running this failed like holiday tourism resort. Uh, Blitzen's in jail and gets released on good behavior. And uh, he comes back with ideas, ideas how to save their resort, but really has all the reindeer build their own prison <laughs> and locks with them the inside. Help of sadistic bunnies. With the help of sadistic bunny and a hilarious Mexican gerbil hamster thing. I laughed when that happened. I did too. But... Pulling off the mask. <laughs> um, Warren so Hutch. The... So yeah, the, all the reindeer are dumb enough. They trap themselves in this new resort. Including Robbie. And, <laughs> and Blitzen and his army of 
uh, ginormous convicted felon rabbits. Uh, it's his army of Jeff Goldblum. I mean, let's be real about it. <laughs> it's his army of Jeff Goldblum. They um, they want to turn them into robots, right? With mind control. Julia, you you like this better than me. What was the, what was the scheme here? Yeah. So, well, we start off with a completely unexplainable Viking sighting that's not explained until a solid 10 or so minutes later. And this is like, what, a 30-minute special? So it takes you a while to actually get to the Viking part, and I was confused. I, I, I'm I still confused say. about why, they ha- why they're concerned about a lost tribe of – why reindeer are concerned about a lost tribe of Vikings. <laughs> I'm confused about that. But I will say how horrible are these animals that like they take on tours where Robbie saves a penguin and then he falls yeah, off the terrible. cliff. And they don't give. They don't care. They're like, you're the one who's supposed to be saving people. It's your tour. Oh my gosh! <laughs> that penguin is voiced by Ricky Gervais, by the way. Um. So yeah, so he gets this Vikings. He falls off a cliff after trying to save somebody, but is saved by his antlers, and he inexplicably sees this Viking, and the Viking tells him turn around and go back where you came from and don't speak a word of this. And so he's confused and he goes back and he totally speaks words of it. And they proceed to my favorite part of this episode, the Viking flashbacks where (laughs) it's a separate animation part. And I loved it. And it made me crack up where they talked about how Vikings fought everybody. And then Vikings had nobody left to fight. So they decided to fight each other. And so they fought each other and they killed each other. And the last guy, because he's a Viking killed himself. by hitting himself with the end of the battle axe piece of wood that had broken off and he's dead. And I busted out laughing. Thank you for that good a bit of humor. I feel like I should have been British because I totally got this stuff. Um, Sidetrack. So yeah, so you've got Blitzen. He, he gets out of jail on good behavior. He's got these sadistic bunnies with him. The Jeff Goldblum bunny is like this master of disguise bunny. And Blitzen wants to, one, get back at Robbie the reindeer, and two, kind of get back at all the other reindeer. And his plan for that is to kill Robbie and to enslave the rest of the reindeer in this roadside attraction where you can come and see reindeer land. Don't know why anybody would want to do that, but apparently. I I would just like to interject at this point and say, I am getting all the Christmas feels listening to you rehash this plot. And I'm pretty sure this thing is like in the middle of the desert right yeah 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 and there's not a snap bit at christmas in this one not even remotely no um santa in this one so like there's really no christmas in this one um it's arguable that santa felt christmasy in the other one but anyway um so he ends up getting i think there were like santa hats or something right that were actually the mind control some kind of hat that he had on all of the reindeer that force them to be these robots, right? And just to do whatever he wanted them to do. And before Robbie gets captured by Jeff Goldblum, he finds these Vikings that everybody thought were extinct and had killed each other. And it turns out some, there was a small subset of these Vikings are actually still around. And they're still around because they're actually cowards. 
And they said in the middle of this fight where the Vikings are fighting the other Vikings, killing each other because they love to fight people. They said, what did that? It was something funnier, but like half of the group's like, I don't want to die. <laughs> they're like, I don't want to die either while everybody else is still fighting. And they're like, uh, hey, look, a bird. And like all the Vikings look up at it and these other coward Vikings go hide underneath their quills <laughs> and they live and everybody else dies, but they're still alive. So they're cowards and Robbie kind of connects with that same sentiment that he's also a coward, but I don't entirely get where he gets that from. Because he's afraid to talk to girls. Is that it? He's afraid to tell. He's afraid to tell Donner. Donner how, how he, he feels about her. That he loves her. That's right. Okay. So I like the design of the Vikings. They kind of remind me of those. Um, what country are They're those? The That's it. Tomties? Yeah. yeah. I thought Tom the same thing. Yep. And their beard and their hat was over there. I should have loved short. them, but I just didn't. Oh, I loved them. So um, Robbie gets captured. So now it's really just up to the Vikings. And so the Vikings actually come and they start a fight and they're able to overthrow the bunnies and Blitzen. And Robbie gets all of the mind control headbands off of his buddies. And him and Blitzen duke it out. And they end up going back to jail. And he tells Donner how she feels, how he feels about her. Yep. And that's where we end. They get engaged at the end. They They do get engaged. And I will say, I appreciate their uh, flight, their fight, their uh, chase through the forest is very Return of the Jedi. And I think that's what they're going. Absolutely, it was. Yep. Yep. And then in the next one, it picks up the night before. Robbie and Donner's wedding. Uh, Robbie saying he wants his stag party, which for you Americans are bachelor party. Taking take two on this one. Wedding take two. Yes, because the oh, yeah, last time. Because, yeah. What was it? This he <laughs> the stag party ruined it. Something yes. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. This one's just. This one starts bad and finishes bad. It's just bad. All over bad. This one is something to do with aliens and I I don't even know. So this is the first one where Robbie is completely unlikable to me. Like I really don't care about him. I don't care about Donner. I got excited when I heard Kira's Knight Kira Knightley's voice because I'm like, hey, I know that voice. And then the bad alien is Jillian Anderson's voice, Scully from um, the X-Files, yep. so that I got excited about that too, but when you're literally just excited about what names you can pick out and you think you recognize them correctly, it's not a good thing. No, I didn't enjoy this at all. This was stupid. I just... can't stand any of Robbie's friends, y'all. Oh, I like um, who's his best man? What reindeer is that? He's a dullard. I liked him Prancer. in all of them. Is it Prancer? I liked Prancer. And all of spins and Disco Ball. And... Yep. He made me laugh. I didn't, I didn't like anybody in the last one. Nobody. So basically there's this crystal and Robbie has to hide it. and I don't even An know. An alien comes to him. And it, Well, he's hiding it on his friend's neck, which is just weird. Basically, and, like, 
destroy Earth. Donner's sister is a top secret, just pulls out and is magically a top secret agent for this anti-alien group that she, in the government. Well, with some very modern hair. She's a modern, you get the sense she's a modern woman. Modern reindeer. <laughs> she don't create, don't take no crap from no one. That she does not, Julia, that she does not. Uh, anyway. So the aliens are there looking for Robbie, of course. Mm -hmm. um, Robbie gets captured and is, so does uh, Donner. They're on the alien spaceship and Robbie's talking about how he's never going to tell them anything at all. And we have a, uh, the scene goes dark, comes back and Robbie has not only told them, but he drew them all the pictures they needed for everything. Because of mind control. Because of mind control. But he's still insisting that he's never going to tell them anything. Yeah. But he does. And so the world's about to be destroyed by the ship. By giant crabs. By giant crabs. Yeah, because they're, they're very much crab-like. And then Donner actually... Doesn't she greatly assist in defeating the main crab? Does she? No. Back to Earth. The yeah. yeah, he teleports her back to Earth, and then Donner's sister punches her in the nose. Oh, that's right. I was thinking her sister. And then Robbie escapes its ship just before it's destroyed, and him and Donner get married in the end. And the end. And the end. So, okay. So I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for Robbie the Reindeer right now. The most reliable source on the internet, I know. But nowhere does it say on Wikipedia or IMDb that these were intended to be Christmas specials. They Did they air Christmas? Christmas? Each one was released on Christmas Day. Okay. So you have to assume that they were intended to be. I would assume if you're putting it on Christmas Day and it is starring Reindeer, who pulls Santa's sleigh, there's at least reason for us to believe that it's a Christmas special. See, I wonder if I would have, if I would have liked these more had they not been Christmassy. So you right? know what's so funny is I watched these, I knew they were coming up on the calendar, but for some reason, I was never in the Christmas space while I was watching these, like ever. Like it didn't occur to me until we got on tonight to record to address the question, are these Christmas shows? <laughs> because they just <coughs> never were, nor will they ever be. And I kind of wonder if that's how people in Great Britain think of it as well. It's something they may watch at Christmas time, but that doesn't mean it's Christmas. And I and then I and then I wonder if I watch this like in February or March, if I would enjoy it better because I'm not like in that Christmas headspace. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think I enjoyed it more watching it now than I would have if I was watching this two days prior to Christmas and wanting something that was saturated. I mean, I'm gonna be very, very nice and say the first one is Christmas ish. Christmas ish, I think is the way you want to word that. Because Santa's in it. Because Santa's and, in it. And he refuses a version of Santa. red coat. 
that was funny to me <laughs> because everybody already seen his red coat. I just loved his voice. Made me laugh. I I, I liked uh, Robbie more when he was voiced by Ben Stiller. Really? I think, I think it fit more. I think I would have liked him so much less. <laughs> I think it fit more of Tom's view of Robbie and who he is when he was voiced by Ben Stiller. Maybe that, I don't know. Oh, the lazy, useless version that Tom think. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, see, I liked the British voice because it made me, it put me automatically in a mindset of, He's self-deprecating. He knows what he is and he wants to be better, but he knows he's got limitations and he's fine with that. I really like that. These were not a lot, except for the last one. These were not a bummer for me to watch and I will watch them again. Around Christmas? If they happen to be on. See, so I these aren't going to be... Uh, let me turn that on and watch it on purpose, right? Probably not ever. But these it's will be a, they, if it's on, I'm going to watch this. I'm not turning the channel unless it's that third one and then I'll throw my TV out the window. But So do you guys have quotes? I know Tom doesn't. I don't really have any. So I will say, like most British comedies, I've got to watch this thing a few times to pick up on everything. <laughs> so my slow American brain likes to have everything handed to me, wrapped up. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know that I have any, but I know there were definite moments when I was really laughing. I think a lot of, there were a lot of sight gags in these three. There were yeah. a lot of those, a lot, yeah. I don't know. I liked a lot of the double entendres, and I liked every time like uh, someone wanted to mention Rudolph, they'd be interrupted. <laughs> so I feel, especially since me and Tom were very hard on this, we should read some comments before we give final thoughts and rankings. <clears throat> that is what I'm pulling so, up right now, actually. The Disco 54 wrote... The nostalgia is strong on this one. I try to watch this every year and it cracks me up. It also has the best joke in Christmas animation. The seal goes nothing but sing songs by seal. And then G.J. DeVille said, this must be the British equivalent of Ranking Bass specials. And Disco replied, pretty much, except it's not a nightmare 60s acid trip gone wrong, which I would... Disagree. I would argue that as not true. I would argue that vehemently. Um... And then he mentions Lost of Gromit, Chicken Run, more of Creature Comforts and other stuff that is really British and we feel really affectionate about. And then he says, it's really easy for me to be hard on Ranking Bass and I should probably be more respectful because I don't have that history. So I'm watching them with a the cool, with the cool objective of adult British eye, but they're true Americana. And if I'd watched them every year, I feel the same way. Uh, but they'll be being watched as long as but they'll be being watched as long as people remember to pass the tradition down. Not many films this podcast talks about can say that. You think Santa Sarah Hot Ghost of Christmas or even the Friends episodes will do that? I seriously doubt it. 
Uh, I think the Friends episodes will because Friends is going to be watched for years to come. Michael Chrisleman says the belly button's an accurate lady up there parts, quote unquote, freak me out too. <laughs> Jolly O'Leary says, never heard of these. Sorry, Jolly, for introducing you. No, oh, stop it. Watching Jolly, it's worth it. Uh, a thin white duke said, I agree with Disco 54. The British nostalgia for this is all up in my brain box. I love Ardell O'Hanlon and his voice. However, will you guys be watching the American version? You'll miss out on Ardell's Irish Reindeer Brogue. I, I, I did like the voice acting. Mm-hmm. I can and say then that. Jeb Scrib said, I haven't watched it. Well, I watched an episode about a year ago and it seemed decent. It looks to be the same sort of style as Wallace and Gromit, which is definitely a good thing. I'm excited to see what you three think. I love Wallace and Gromit. I, I love Wallace and Gromit I, Christmas. Oh, me too. I love Gromit. Gromit makes me laugh so freaking hard. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to watch this again when I'm not like I'm talking about like March, April and see what I think again because I don't know. Maybe if I look at them as not something Christmassy, it'll do more for me. That's my final thoughts. Meh, first and last time I'm I'm one and done. Okay. So what are you guys giving hooves of fire? Two point two. Five point nine. 4.5, which is an average of 4.2, which my, puts it between Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July and The Snowman at number 13 on our list. That works out for me because I gave it the 2.2 because I would rather watch this than The Snowman. What would you guys give The Lost Tribe? I One and three quarters. Say that I, again. Which yep. one of us? I gave it one and three quarters. I'm going to go with a four. I gave it a three, which is nine point. Definitely uh, not nine point anything, no. <laughs> not nine point anything. 2.92, right? No, 2.917. Yeah, which actually makes it tied with Frosty's Winter Wonderland at number 14 on the list. That's the exact thing. So that's funny. And then what would you give Close Encounters of the Herd kind? Point one. Zero. Oof. I gave it a point five. Julia, I was leaning close and hard on a zero, but I looked at my list and the only other thing I had was Kurt Cameron effing up Christmas. And I couldn't quite go that low. That's a TV list. This is a TV list. I know, but yeah, for this one, I know, but I still said I still compare everything that I rate to that (laughs) movie as as like, is this as bad as that? Do I want to say this is as bad as? And I just can't bring myself to do it. So I don't know that I will have any more zeros. Well, that I would rather watch Leprechaun's Christmas Gold than this one. Me too, and me three. And that gives us a point two, which brings it in dead last on our Christmas specials list at number 17 under. All right, we have a new one to beat, y'all. <laughs> well, actually, that would be number 18 when you put the other two in. But yeah, 
dead last under the Leprechaun's Christmas Gold. Whew. Well, I feel pretty good. I've sealed my uh, my star status with all of our British listeners with this episode. <laughs> you you already had a star status with the British listeners. <laughs> I I can't believe y'all didn't like this as much. I thought you'd at least like sort of like it. Not like despise it. it. It's very rare when you're the advocate for something and me and Tom are both united in our hatred. It is rare. Or dislike. So I just wanted to bring up this thread because I found this thread interesting that Disco54 um, created on Reddit a few hours ago. And he wrote, I've just been looking at the list. You mean, you mean last week, right? No, six hours ago. You mean oh, last- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally the hardest thing when we do this it is so hard when we're we're doing this ahead i'm glad we are but it is so confusing okay i've been i was i pulled up this thread that disco 54 created a few weeks ago and he wrote i've just been looking at the list no i'm not 2016 chris jericho and the top five in in fact pretty much the top 10 has pretty much always been the top five my question is, what films do you think are going to make top five and push some of those films down? I have a couple of ideas, but I'm interested in what everyone else thinks. And then Tom wrote, and I wasn't going to comment on anything because I didn't want to give spoilers away, but Tom, but Tom, I think, made a pretty safe bet in saying he thinks Scrooge is going to come in high. Scrooged. I, I, I'm saying that because from our very first episode, I talk about that being one of my favorite Christmas movies. And yep. I think it's going to be one of the few we're going to have that's going to com- that's going to compete for my number one, and I know that's going to do something, right? So I feel like that was a safe thing for me to say because I've been saying that since the very beginning. But I, I just think, for posterity's sake, we should read some of the listener feedback we got predictions. Of course, Speaking- I was just defending myself as not doing a spoiler we're, because we are covering well some of these later on this year. So Disco 54 wrote, comedies tend to do well. I'd like to think that Scrooge, the Alistair Sim version, will be the highest rated version for Christmas Carol, but I'm going to be disappointed. And then D. Talbert 84 replied to him, White Christmas could do well. Where No Angels with Humphrey Bargart could do well. The Alistair Sim version is great, but the Muppets were better. Although I almost consider them two different things altogether. I'm really hopeful for Christmas in Connecticut or that they will consider mixed nuts, which is profoundly underrated, still a bit salty over Emmett Otter. And then then White Duke said, surely it's a wonderful life has to make its way in there. Also, I'm a big fan of the Patrick Stewart version of a Christmas Carol, but I don't think they'll put it that highly. And then Johnny CD replied, I'm not looking forward to that episode because I feel like someone is going to argue it's not a Christmas movie and I'm already ready to rage. (laughs) And then I assume he's referring to It's a Wonderful Life. And then uh, D. Talbert 84 wrote, why hasn't It's a Wonderful Life been on yet? It's the only Stone Cold classic I can think of that hasn't been covered. And Johnny CID said, agreed, plus White Christmas of the Natalie Wood version of Miracle on 34th Street. Indeed, Talbert 84 said, I didn't realize that, that was the Mara Wilson version. What are they waiting on? So, can confirm we're doing White Christmas, It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 31st Street, Scrooge, and Alistair Sim Scrooge all this year. So, And I chimed in to just let you know 
we have to save some golden movies. We can't do all of them at the very, we don't want to top load our, our podcast. So we want to save some of these so that we as podcast hosts have some things to look forward to. I feel like we're, we've got some good ones this year. Yes. I'm pumped. From reading this list though, I'm afraid we're going to have some, some, we're going to have some, uh, we're going to get some hate. We're going to get a little hate y'all. I don't know. I don't know. Will we? We should. I have a feel. Well, or, I'm not saying or, what, but I. I think I'm gonna make somebody mad. I think I'm gonna make somebody mad too, judging on those comments. But we'll get to that when we get to it, won't we? We have one review from Benzman. He or she said, "I love this podcast. The hosts are hilarious, entertaining, and listening to this podcast gives me all the feels." So, Christine, if you're listening, yes, we are funny. <laughs> because I hear a lot I hear a lot you sure do think you're funny don't you <laughs> oh my god Sarah always says that to me especially when I'm editing and listening to the like unedited episode while and I'm you're editing. cracking up while you're doing it cracking up and she's just gives me like this death glare like you <laughs> <laughs> well, yep I, I think we really legitimately are <laughs> I do too. I like that's why I like doing this so much. I like I like spending a, a couple hours a week with you guys. If I didn't think we were funny and I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so since we've we will share your review if you leave us some, our reviews are growing and it makes us very excited. If users want to engage with us another way besides say just leaving us a review, Julia, do you have any ideas on what they could do? I do. So aside from talking about awesome and not awesome movies from week to week and getting together, we really do enjoy engaging with our listeners um, in different ways, like Tom said. So you can do that in a few different places. You can get to those different places in one handy place, though. You can just go to tisthepodcast.com backslash put your social media here. So backslash Twitter, backslash Instagram. We're also on Facebook. We're also on Reddit. We have a real active um, subreddit there on our page. We have a really active subreddit. Um, We really love to hear your feedback on the episodes, but we really, really, really love to hear your feedback on Christmas in general. Um, Some of my favorite discussions are when we talk about traditions and when we talk about what we're looking forward to with the Christmas season. Um, We're all Christmas fanatics, so we love it when we're joined by the same kind of fanatics for Christmas. And the closer we get to the season, um, the more excited we get. So come and talk to us and join with the community. We have a really great community at Tis the Podcast. Um, and you're sure to get connected with another really awesome person that is like-minded like you are. And if we, and if you leave us a review, you'll get a free Tis the Podcast sticker. And keep an eye out because we have a store coming soon, right? We had a glitch, but yes, we're working on it. So next week is the last week of September already, and we are. I'm very excited for what we're covering next week. Hopefully, it won't disappoint like this week did, because we got a lot of very excited comments about next week's episode. We are covering Olive the Other Reindeer, and then we're already in October, Spooky Month. We are covering Anna and the Apocalypse. So I'm excited for the next two weeks. Oh my gosh, our uh, schedule is just stupid good. It's getting really right. good. It's really good stuff coming up, guys. Like, really good stuff. 
I'm excited. We got good you know stuff. I'm excited on. about what's that? We only have 2,232 hours until Christmas. That is 93 days. Oh my gosh, it's only 13 weeks. That's insane. There's only 13 Mondays left until Christmas. I can make it through 13 Mondays. Especially since I work at a bank and I'll probably get like four of those off for every holiday. <laughs> <laughs> so do your homework. Check out all of the other reindeer this week. Be sure to let us know what you thought of the episode and you can direct hate mail to Anthony and Tom. We know it's coming. We know it's coming. But, we'll see. but we do love you all. We'll see you next week. Bye guys. Bye.